Welcome back, everyone. This is the Blushy Boys Podcast. Blushyboys.com is your home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball on the SB Nation platform. And I am your host, Brandon Day, and with me, my co-host, Ashley McLennan. How's it going tonight? Not too shabby. These are these are my, my hard, hardest days, Brandon. Yeah, this is tearing you apart, isn't it? It's really tough. And I know our, our listeners who are listening to this and do not give a hoot about the Rays. I know. <laughs> you guys are sick of it. But, like, this is hard on my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't live tweet the games because it's hard to get, like, excited about plays the Tigers make because they make, like, Blake Snell look really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that Grand Slam was exciting, but oh my god, this is so difficult for me. Yeah, it's just and a pinball the machine. Thomas hits his own Grand Slam, and it's like, guys, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> any of this. Like, G-Man Choi came in for, like, a pinch hit, and I'm like, oh, I love you, but I can't tweet about it because I just feel so conflicted. Oh, uh, I know. You're, you really are in your own glass case of emotion on this. Like, I all the... Sh- the narratives are passing by on both sides like people are like oh willie adama man if we still had him and blah 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 and you're like i don't care about that willie just hit a grand slam and what (laughs) what was wrong how did blake snell manage to get hit this hard by the tigers and like what the hell but then on the other hand oh miguel after you know a total roller coaster of a day which left me at one point at work weeping and crying out in agony that it was all over Smashes a double, has a another RBI single later in the game, nice piece of hitting, and of course hits a grand slam, his first one in like five years, his first home run at Comerica Park in 14 months, I believe, since yeah, last April. From last season, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so that was wild. I don't know what happened to Blake Snell, and I don't know who got into Ryan Carpenter and turned him into a reasonably good pitcher, other than the fact that we've been dogging him so hard in the previews that the reverse jinx has been strongly in effect and is continuing to work. So when you read our next... Keep that up at this point. I think at this point we've established like three game threat, three game previews in a row where Carpenter was starting. We kind of may or may not have indicated that he probably shouldn't be pitching in the majors. Yeah. And he goes on to like be really good. I mean, I say really good and this guy has a 6.23 ER. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but under the circumstances, yeah, three three pretty good starts in a row is pretty great. Um, I don't know. We're not real sure what dark forces that you know we're we're meddling with and imploring in those previews. I'm not sure if we can go further than that to you know referring to Ryan Carpenter as a bag of trash who will never make it in this league, <laughs> and and see if he comes out with it. Trouble from like unless Carpenter's mom. I feel like. Unless he throws a no-no that night. <laughs> not sure. We were, we were followed by a lot of team moms, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, Dominic Ficacello's mom always used to like my tweets. Yep. Her heart. Yep. Um, from the Rays, Misty Bowers, um, Jake Bowers' mom has periodically liked my tweets. And I'm like, oh, God, I can never in my life talk trash about any players because their moms are going to be so mad. Yeah, the wives are actually, uh, you know, much cooler. Like, it seems like they, yeah. they they know kind of what the score is. Like, you know, I've chatted with, like, Kayla Farmer, Buck Farmer's wife. Obviously, we're, you know, in love and obsessed with Nikki Hardy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Although, um, Jessica McCann did not like something I said at one point in life, and she definitely blocked me. Uh, her, and her, so. her and her pinched face and her yeah. irritating <laughs> catcher, man. Okay. No, I'm just taking shots. <laughs> I'm just playing. Attacks on appearance. I know. That's not fair. She's probably just a terrible person. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's not just that. <laughs> no, I'm sure the McCanns are fine people. We were just ready for them to go away. So, no, sorry. Um, I don't care about them as people. I mean, I know that's terrible to say, but I'll never have a dinner party at the McCann house. I'm sure they're maybe lovely 
people? I don't know. Yeah, they might be. I don't know. But yeah, they just, I don't know. They didn't come across that great. I, I wasn't that big of a fan. But whatever. Yeah. It's over now. I'm fine. We're not, uh, uh, we're not still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, Brent, who's the other one? Oh, Brenda Hall, um, Matt Hall, um, Tiger's lefty in the, who's at Toledo right now. Like, she has liked a lot of tweets. And, I'm, and um, yeah, I just always worry about those moms. Like, don't, you know, don't be on Twitter. Like, what? I don't know. You'd think that would almost be, like, mandatory. They'd just be like, no, mom, you can't be on Twitter. Just avoid it like the plague. Oh, I know, because you wouldn't want to be reading all of that, right? Although I do think my favorite mom reply I ever got was the time that without tagging him or anything like that, I just tweeted that I did not believe that Brock Holt's name was really his name. <laughs> just like, Brock Holt cannot be a real name. And as Adam Dubbin, who writes for our site, will attest, that is my favorite thing to say about baseball players. <laughs> um but I'm like, Brock Holt, not a real name. And his mom was just like, can confirm <laughs> Brock Holt. And I'm just like, oh my God. We don't believe in the Brocks, you know. Yeah, there's, there's Brock issues because, yeah, people, you know, Emily Walton was kind of talking about, you know, uh, you know Brock Deathridge isn't even his real name. And people are like freaking out. Andrew Brockeridge Deathridge or yeah, something like yeah, Brockton yeah, or like. Brockington. Yeah, Brockington. Brockington, yep. that's what it is. Yeah. Brockington Deathridge. It's because she knew, you know, Brock Deathrage was was too much. You know, it was too strong. You know, all all like that. It had to be kind of good baseball s- name moved out. Yeah, who was that? Emma Bakliari was. What was that name she found today that she was complaining that no one had told her about? Um, oh, it was tr- somebody oh, named. Was just- it was a former baseball player who's a coach coach now, and his name was Trip Couch. No. <laughs> yes, Trip Couch, which uh, which you know. In the pantheon of baseball names, is you know, not bad. That's pretty good. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it is. My God, how has this news been out in the world for hours with not one single person alerting me to the existence of a baseball name, Trip Couch? <laughs> <laughs> of you. Yep, yep. I guess, you know, he's, you know, he's a college coach. It wasn't really on the radar, but, yeah, Emma was yelling about the same thing. Like, how was I not told about this? So, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a roller coaster today. Um, the last two days, you know, the draft going on. Um, it just seems like... Every hour or two, there's a, another injury report, you know, coming through. Someone, you know, going under the knife, or God knows what else is going on. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just been an, an emotional roller coaster. And with you, yeah, kind of being split in half by your two teams, and one of them, obviously, <laughs> like you'd like to see the Tigers do well and not embarrass themselves. But you know, you it's don't conflicting. Because, yeah, like we've we've kind of established, like I mean, I, yes, I joke. I would like them both to be able to win. Um, but, I mean, we've established that the Tigers are not doing anything with their season, Yeah. right? They're not contending this year, and that's fine. But the Rays have are right now in the lead for the AL wild card and are not that far behind the Yankees for the AL East. And so, frankly, I of my apologies to listening Tigers fans, <laughs> I would kind of like the Rays to win these games just because the wins actually matter for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and for Tigers fans, like if you're if you're not the type who has that like compulsive like no, I can never be happy about anything that happens anywhere in baseball except for with the Tigers. Well, all right, well you're going to be disappointed here, but for everybody else, like we hate the Yankees, we hate the Red Sox, we don't want them to win. I think there actually is like a decent amount of sympathy for the Rays uh, within the Tigers fan base and probably if you pulled all Tigers fans on who they wanted to win the, the AL East, I would guess that the Rays would probably end up with somewhere around 90% of the vote. 
right <laughs> exactly so maybe there's some toronto blue jays fans or whatever but i think everybody there kind of knows it's still a couple years away there's a team there that's really hard to hate i think and i'm sure that there are people watching this series going ah curse the rays and that's fine guys you are listening to this podcast and you cannot handle loving anything other than the tigers i respect that that is like mad dedication to a team and bless you and i don't mean that in the southern like oh god bless yeah <laughs> the go fuck yourself god bless oh bless you ashley you, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what i mean like that's fine but i i find that as i continue to write about baseball and continue to be in baseball in a moderately professional capacity that i just like good stories yeah, And the Rays winning 90 games last season and then being like kind of a surprise out of the gate this season. I mean, I would much rather see that be the AL East victory than the Yankees. Yeah, nobody, wa- I... nobody wants the Yankees. Nobody. Can, can we just take one moment to note Ashley's commitment to actually have that sneeze prepared? That wasn't a sound effect I cut in there, folks. That was on call. That's theater skills right there. Always has it available. You know, some actresses can cry on command. Ashley can bust out a sneeze, at least in pollen, spring weather, whenever whenever necessary. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it's there's there's different things to consider. For me, I just, like, I can really only root for the Tigers until late in the season, and then I usually will pick somebody else to, to kind of follow through. But I, I kind of... I've kind of had the same thing where it's it's all about for me like the players and the stories kind of now. Um, I don't like any of the organizations. Like I don't like any of the owners. I don't like any of these people. I don't care about them. So you know, following the baseball players. That's why you know I'd rather watch like four Shohei Otani at bats than watch you know than try to pick out some other team and and be that interested in them. I I just kind of pick and choose players at this point and follow follow stuff around that way. Well, I think that's kind of a reasonable approach too. I think that there are kind of a couple ways to do baseball fan i'm sure we've talked about this before but i think that it is totally acceptable to a just love a team regardless and that's your team and win or lose whoever's on the team doesn't matter you are a tigers fan and even if you can't name the entire 25 man roster bless you that's fine (laughs) um but you will love them and you will root for them and you will be you know you know what do they call it like as homer is a bad thing i don't know no i mean Um, it's a homer yeah i mean that's fine but then the other thing is you can say, you know what, yes, I'm a Tigers fan, but being a Tigers fan introduced me to a guy like Justin Verlander, like Ian Kinsler, like Curtis Granderson, like Max Scherzer, and I can now continue to like those players and want all of their careers and pick up a random Nationals game on a weekend one night because you know Scherzer's pitching or, yeah. you know, watch clips because the, like, Ian Kinsler hits, like, a Grand Slam or something. These are things that, like, I, I think you can just become a fan of of everything. I think that's acceptable. Yeah. Except the Yankees. Exactly. Except, except the Yankees. Exactly. And maybe the Cardinals and the Giants. Like, come on. But whatever. Whatever you gotta do. You know, but yeah, the other, the flip side of that is that you can also then be sad about something every day, like the fact that Andrew McCutcheon blew his knee out and is now down for the oh, season in Philadelphia, which is a drag. ACL. Oh, that's right. It was and ACL. Yeah. The whole rest of the season. Oh, that's a heartbreaker too, because he's not young. Yeah. I mean, he's only got a few more years where he's going to so, be, you know, pretty usable, but on the other hand, it's a really, then we switch back to the Tigers' perspective and think like, ooh, the Phillies, you know, kind of need a corner outfielder with a good bat from the right side. Hmm, we have one of those that we might be willing to make available. So it's a roller coaster. 
There you go. It's <laughs> truly. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the Miguel roller coaster turned out well today. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Hopefully we'll have as many fun moments like that as we can get. But I think we all know. I mean, putting aside all of our goofery here. Yeah, I mean, it was bad news. It, it worried me a lot that he, you know, kind of kind of was talking about how he didn't want to have any more surgeries and he wasn't going to do surgeries anymore. You know, that maybe he just, you know, is upset in the moment or just, you know, doesn't want to think about it or, or deal with it right now. Um but, you know, that kind of sounds a lot like someone who's planning to just drive the car until the wheels come off, you know, and, and ride off into the sunset, which I don't know, may, you know, in the best case scenario, maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. It doesn't sound like the surgery is going to do that much for him. seems like he's going to be dealing with, you know, pretty, pretty bad knee issues, you know, the rest of his career. Obviously, Victor Martinez did the same thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's, what it's going to turn out to be, but maybe we've been wrong all along and Miguel Cabrera should have dh this entire time. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that argument was there for sure. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people have said so. blocked by that because of Victor Martinez up until the end of last season and because he was obviously not playing the end of last season. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty firmly of the opinion he should have been DH from the very beginning and solely the DH. But the thing that I think that bothers me about it is that he knew he was injured. He said very clearly he's been playing like that for four years, that it's just on again, off again, on again, off again, pain. Yeah. And I think if you're aware of that and you're aware of the fact that your body is kind of betraying you and you are a professional athlete and you want to continue to make the terms of your contract, I think there maybe should have been a discussion where Miguel Cabrera was like, okay, you know what, guys? I think we already have guys that can take over this role. I think maybe it's time that I just move into that. And I know that's not a competitive spirit. And I know he's the kind of guy that does want to get, he would play first base every day if he he could. Yeah. But I think at a certain point, when do you tell yourself that enough is enough? Yeah. And this is the the thing that's going to be hard, you know, for years still to come, presumably is that, you know, I mean, it's kind of on the tigers, you know, to, to push that kind of thing. But when you're Miguel Cabrera, and, you know, you're paid more than the entire rest of the team combined. You know, it's it's just an awkward thing. Like, you, you know, I mean, they can just not write Miguel into the lineup. They can tell him where to play and he has to play there. But you just, you know, there's a certain amount of deference, unfortunately, that, that sometimes is a good thing and, and is there for, you know, respectful reasons. And other times, you know, allows a player to be their own worst enemy. Um, but I'll go even back. I'll go back even farther than that to, you know, 2013, 2014 you know, we, we talk a lot about, like, how much his contract is, is a burden um, and all the things that kind of happened when the Tigers were, you know, spending all of their money, um, you know, trying to win the World Series and weren't investing in technology or analytics or really their scouting or their farm system at all. You know, all those things, have all those bills have come due. And this is just another one because Miguel played, you know, through a torn groin in 2013. Yeah. Um, you know, he played on a fractured ankle. He played on, a, you know, a torn ligament. He's, you know, it's just like on and on. He fought through all those things, you know, and we loved him for it when he did that because the Tigers were still trying to win. But um, but the more and more of those things catch up to you, obviously, it, uh, it doesn't bode well for you being one of the, the rare guys who is still, you know, hitting hard and doing well in their late 30s. So, yeah, this is where we're at. But um, but today, anyway, it was fun. Um, it was nice to see him get um, get a big round of applause. I actually had a funny thing happen, though, because I was at work when that was happening. And I work in a library, and um, tonight I just happened to be filling in in the kids' section, and this little boy came in with a Tiger's hat on, and 
you know, I checked him. Yeah, I helped him find a book and we're talking and stuff. And I was like, guess who just hit a, a grand slam? And he's like, who? And, you know, didn't didn't offer anything. So I was trying to like, come on, you know, you know, pick a name. He's like, ah, it's like, I kind of just like the hat. So the whole thing has fallen Aww. flat to begin with. And then I was like, it was Miguel Cabrera. And he's like, oh, Miguel Cabrera. It's like, oh, well, that's awesome. And he's like, but I don't like that guy. My dad and I don't like that guy. He's a bad person. And I was just like, well, eh, swing and a miss on this one. Have a good night, young man. Yeah, I was just like, well, this is classic. His mom has just kind of like got her got her hand over her face like, well, this isn't going that well. But I was I was loving it. I thought it was hilarious because he just had his opinion. He was like, nah, you know, he's fine. But, you know, I don't really think he's that good a guy. So, like, oh, all right. I find that fascinating. That's fair. I, I have to wonder what the discussions are in that household were like he was homeschooled so there were serious discussions i'm sure but like <laughs> i am i'm imagining it being like okay like i like in my my perfect realization of this it's like dad sitting him down and going okay junior <laughs> like we have these players and they are they're you know they're larger than life and you know, some people really like them, but it's important that you know that, like, yeah, just because he hits home runs, he's also, like, been accused of doing these other things and doesn't, you know, just because you're famous and you can hit a ball really hard doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. <laughs> yeah, I want you to have some role models, but I want you to not, you know, put too much onto them because, yeah. So, like, don't, don't let Miguel Carrera be your hero because... <laughs> i just fascinated by that because I feel like that's kind of actually an important thing. Yeah. Because, like, we see these guys out here, like, defending up and down the actions of men who are suspended for domestic violence. And it's just, like, what part of you doesn't understand how bad that is? And, like, why are we in a world where you get an 80-game suspension for testing positive for, like, the indication of a, like a performance enhancing drug, but you get a seven day suspension for yeah. you know choking your girlfriend in an in an elevator. Yeah, like, it's insanity. Yeah, there's just no coherence to the policy, and it and it really feels an awful lot like you know no one cares beyond the PR issue. Like you know people in the league, you know these are ostensibly men who you know probably you know I I would hope aren't beating up on people, but. Uh, but they don't seem to care, you know, really, other than to, you know, make sure there's some kind of kind of show of lip service and, you know, just to kind of cover the PR angle. Um, I mean, obviously, the Cubs whole handling of the Edison Russell thing has been, you know, decidedly cynical and gross to most of us. Um, yeah. And you know, it doesn't seem to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. At least troubling. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I was just impressed because, you know, I think, yeah, it was it was it was what you're saying. Like his mom was sort of like, oh, I don't know how this guy's going to take it. And I loved it. I was like, oh, that's a that's a hell of a grown up attitude to have to actually yeah. consider, like, what is this guy really like? Should I, you know, should I be worshiping him as some kind of hero or should I just as I do with, you know, whoever, like Pablo Picasso or, you know, a million other artists who've done bad things, Led Zeppelin, you know, or all, all kinds of things you can go back to. Um, men in positions of power and fame, you know, run amok, uh, you know, too often, far too often. And so, yeah, you know, I, I really love that perspective. I was I was pretty impressed by that kid. <laughs> it's just like, this, this is pretty great. So, yeah, anyway, so that was my night. That, that, that was the whole Miguel Cabrera experience today. Yeah. Um, in other injury news, yeah, we had Jamer Candelario put on the injured reserve. Yeah, 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 ten day. Yeah. Oh, that shoulder? That was shoulder inflammation. Yeah, Jordy Mercer has been delayed. He was pulled out of a rehab game last week, and now it looks like they're just kind of not sure what the timeline is on that. So he's still um, getting looked at, and they'll, I guess, reassess him 
for um, rehab later on once they see how he's doing. So that doesn't sound great. Nope. That was the quad. Quad injury. And then Josh Harrison um, is getting surgery. Hamstring. On his hamstring. I don't even know how you, and how you, what you do to perform surgery on a hamstring. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a long string, basically. Sounds very painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, oh, can't imagine. He'll be gone for six to eight weeks. Yeah. They said. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I mean that, that basically that means he's generous. Yeah, and that's like coming back in, you know, probably mid-August after a rehab assignment, you know. And at that point, like, do you really even want Josh Harrison back? By then, you kind of want to see. Well, I mean, at this point, someone young, he's clearly a, a wash as a trade option. So hooray! Yeah, see, yep. he really was anyway. But yeah, great. But just in case, um, yeah. So is Jordy Mercer probably at this point too? Mm-hmm. Um. So yay. Um. They seemed like great pickups for what we paid. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they didn't cost a lot, but, you know, I, I think I said this on the other podcast, is if you spend, you know, if you spend small money badly, like, you know, why would anybody believe you're going to spend big money badly? And, you know, the Tigers have had their wins. You know, Leonis Martin worked out. Um, Mike Fires worked out. But, you know, you, then you, we could also go back through a whole litany of all the way back to Mike Pelfrey and Mark Lowe um, of relatively inexpensive moves that just proved to be pretty bad. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it says that much about these guys or not, but uh, it's more money money down the drain. I guess I guess the one thing I would say about this is that next when we get to next year, there seems like there's enough in the, the upper part of the Tigers farm system to where maybe they can maybe they can actually sign like, you know, a, a reliever and like a good first base bat. Like something like that. Something that's not terribly expensive and is a little bit more trustworthy because they're going to have they're going to have guys ready to to play I think at that point at least guys to try um and you know we've got enough starting pitching with with all the guys who are coming up in the in the minors where those guys should be able to do the filling in and maybe you don't need to go get you know Matt Moore and Tyson Ross etc so we'll see Uh yeah we'll see um yeah so I don't you know we're not going to talk a ton about the draft because I was I was honestly like dreading the idea of like some, you know requesting questions from people about because today it was just going to be all about the draft and like oh what about that tenth rounder from Creighton and blah 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 um, we don't know anything about those people to be honest um, one of them is studying neuroscience that's right the third draft pick um, yeah I think third, it was was yeah, it uh, Andre Andre Lipschitz. Yeah, is like a neuroscientist, and the fourth round pick has a collection of 120 hats. So there you go. That's what I learned on Twitter today about our draft. Yeah, but what are their favorite colors? But anyway, yeah. They like navy blue and orange. Yeah, all men like navy blue and orange when they're Tigers fans. Better like navy blue and orange. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's the the Tigers like just to give it like a quick overview. I mean, yeah, Andre Lipschitz, you know, the, what the Tigers basically did is they took a whole ton of college bats with some plate discipline and power. Um, and you know, most of these guys don't have the hit tool to ever succeed. Um, some of them are reasonably good defenders, others are not. But um, but you know, by and large, the Tigers seem they were you know we, we always say best player available, and I even that was that was one of the themes of the the little first day of the draft podcast I did last night, um, which you can also find on blushyboys.com. Um, <laughs> but you know, that you, you really do have to just, you can't, you know, you can't pick for need, but as you get into the, you know, into the, like the fifth through the 10th round where you're probably not going to find anybody anyway, it always seems like teams kind of start to veer away from that. Like everybody tries to get a catcher there just because you need to keep, 
feeding college catchers into your system so you have competent backups and, and backstops all throughout the system. Um, you know, the Tigers did did pick up two pitchers, um, both of whom I heard good things about. But yeah, that Andre Lipschitz kid, um, the third rounder out of Tennessee, third baseman, what was he studying, neuroscience? Yeah, neuroscience, I think, yeah. Dan Hasty, um, the voice of the Whitecaps, who was also doing a pretty cool um, podcast called the Road to Detroit podcast um, b- based on, like, the Tigers player development system. Um, he tweeted something where a scout had told him that, you know, Andre Lipschitz had, like, some of the best cognitive skill for recognizing spin that he had ever seen. Um, you know, that sounds like a quote that maybe, um, if it came from a scout, it might have come from a Tiger scout. <laughs> we really liked yeah. him. We have no idea. But, um, but yeah, that was, like, the little bit on him. Uh, but there was, you know, the other guys, there were some, some guys that I thought they made some nice upside plays. But they didn't go after a bunch of prep guys um, and try to try to catch lightning in a bottle, um, which sometimes we would prefer to see them do. But again, when you get past the fifth round, like anybody who's really good and is a high schooler and is even willing to sign is, is long gone. So that's the way it goes. Um, we liked Riley Green. We liked Nick Quintana. Like over and all, over, you know, overall that seemed pretty good. Um, Nick Quintana's hair um, is going to get its own Twitter account at some point. That was my favorite part about the Fangraphs' first day assessment. I didn't even know they did that. We were already talking about it, yeah. Oh, I was crying. I actually tweeted at Kylie McDaniel and Eric Longenhagen. Longenhagen, yeah. Longenhagen. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Anyway, it was Eric, because Kylie confirmed it. But if it wasn't Eric, he would have done it himself. um, Because, oh my god. So that was one of his strengths. Yeah, that was a tool. Yep. Listed legitimately. Seventy grade. <laughs> Seventy grade hair. In his fan graphs assessment and I almost peed. And it is it is long, it is dark, and it is it, it is, is lustrous. Very, like, thick and like healthy looking. Yeah. I mean kind he, of unusual. Like we just watched Hunter Wood pitch in relief for the Rays in this Tigers Rays game and that was long but not healthy looking. Yeah. But like like we're not we're like not as long as Mike Clevenger talking, but like Yeah. Some it's some but less stringy. Yeah, like Clevenger's yeah, a little looks- bit stringy, and he's always sweaty when you see him. Like even when Nick Quintana is like running the bases, it's like this you know billowing black horse's mane flying like behind him. Dry shampoo in it before he goes out. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to talk to him at some point, or at least find someone who can who can get the answers we need about his um his his regime, <laughs> his regimen. Like every picture I saw of him with his hair not in a batting helmet, I was like, whoa. Yep. Like. Tell me your secrets because my hair is pathetic by the end of the day and I work in an office. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, he's out there, yeah, in the desert. I don't know. Is it the dry, is it the dry air? I mean, dry air, man. But, I don't know. We, this is like the first question I want to yeah. ask him. I mean, it didn't, you know, I get a chance to speak to him. Well, it certainly wasn't dry and frizzy. I mean, those are long, shiny shafts he's got there. Incredible. He must have a very good, like, conditioning routine. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. We have that to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I like the bat. I like the uh, I like the defense at third. Um, that was that seemed like a pretty good pick too. Hit the hell out of the ball in his in his junior year. Um, had a little had a little issues um, in the Cape Cod League with wood bats. Um, had some more swing and miss there. But I don't know. You know, it just depends on on who, how you feel about that. There are scouts who will tell you that doesn't matter that much because until a guy's played with wood bats a whole bunch. You can't really judge, um, and those small samples sometimes will just trick people, so I wouldn't take too much out of that. Um, it looked like a pretty good pick, and yeah, the kid's got incredible hair, so we're, we're going to mm-hmm. just, just roll with that. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I At, at this point, I kind of want to mention just how sad I am um, for having botched our podcast last week because there was, we you know, we talked about the bird girl. We talked about the Orioles, a pitch, a pitch or a split of Orioles, which was going to be the title of last week's episode. And I just somehow botched it into my entire fascination with the names of groups of animals. Um, And that was a really good thing. Like that story, like guys, if you're hearing this last week's podcast, which did not air because of technical difficulties was like almost two hours long. Yeah. We had so many like distracted, like offshoots of, I'm not sure if we talked about baseball, yeah. <laughs> we did. I know. Our discussions were profoundly fascinating, and I am very sorry you missed it, because, like, we were so on our game and, like, in such good moods, and, like, there was none of the doom and gloom. We were just like, I'm going to tell you what a group of ravens is called, or did you know <laughs> that a group of Orioles is called a split or a pitch? Like, come on. Talking about baseball and, oh, anyway. I wonder if that has anything to do with the origin of the Baltimore Orioles name. You know, the fact that, that, that oh, those birds, you know, already have like a kind of a pitching theme name. I don't know. That'll be something to look into. Well, I'm doing a history episode on the Baltimore Orioles this weekend. Oh, are you? Um, or recording it at least. So I may have an answer to you next week when we talk. Next. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. We need We need to know that answer. Yeah, we were talking, you know, and I guess the other theme that that kind of developed last week is we were just talking about how to deal, you know, with the Tigers being this bad and, you know, having still like a long season ahead of us and whether or not it's better to just be angry and let it out or whether that's counterproductive because both neither one of us is the type to just like be miserable and just stay angry at the team for very long. Like, you know, we just tend to get over it. So I don't know. I think both of us are our valve is, you know, to just be really, you know, sarcastic and just just be general smart asses and kind of kind of get it out that way. <laughs> uh, and to immediately answer your question, the Orioles took their name because the Oriole is actually the state bird of Maryland. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes so sense. So it just has the delightful side note of having. I'm totally mentioning that in my history episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing research as we record um, this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, I know it just, I, I, when I get curious, I need to know right away, and Wikipedia is there for me. And when we record, my laptop is literally on my lap. So. Yeah, yeah. There's no way out. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that overall, you know, like it's been better to see the you know the Tigers over the last like week at least have have kind of finally come alive. Like the offense has, has turned around. Um, Nico Goodrum kind of went through like a three or four week you know, mega slump where everybody was freaking out. Like, oh, he's terrible. I had a couple people tell me he sucked and I had to, you know, inform them that they sucked. It was them. Um, so yeah, Nico's been swinging the bat better. Jacoby Jones made some swing changes um, that our boy Jules Pausner from Forbes actually um, kind of had a nice piece up on. Um, so Jacoby's been swinging it good. Had another hit or two tonight. Um, hit a couple balls hard. I know I was listening. So yeah, that's been going better. Kristen Stewart. Um, had a nice RBI that where he went the opposite way against Blake Snell, which is not easy to do. Um, he's been coming on. So overall, like the offense is finally starting to look better. Um, and the pitching is kind of held up to where it's, it's been, um, which basically means that the bullpen is God awful, um, other than Shane Green. And we have three legitimate starters and you just take your chances. But tonight, and actually the, yeah, those last couple starts, Ryan Carpenter has been chipping in. So I don't know. It's been it's been much more watchable, and if um, if they can just swing the bats like to an acceptable level, and the guys that we kind of figure will hit, like you know Goodrum 
and Stuart will hit and kind of contribute. Um, you know, it'll all be a lot, it'll all go down a lot easier, let's just say, because after the draft, you know, it is kind of just like, well, all right, now <laughs> who are we going to trade? Like, on to the next episode, so. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it feels like a kind of year. We're going to be coming up on that so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's almost time to start reevaluating the farm system and, like, writing, like, the mid-season prospect reports because, you know, we like to put those out in July. Um, so we're going to have to start thinking about that and, and putting some things together on those guys. But, yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting to getting to that point. Um, we're going to see all these, you know, all these new draft picks are all going to start getting their, their assignments and... Guys are going to get promoted. The Tigers have already been moving a bunch of people up. Um, the one prep outfielder that they took last year that we were kind of excited about, Kingston Liniac, who's been in extended spring training, um, got assigned to West Michigan. So West Michigan's offense got a little bit of a boost. Um, Jordan Pierce moved up. A couple guys have moved up. And we're also starting to hear, you know, rumors about Craig Kimbrell and Talis Keuchel because free agency never ended. Um, the offseason never ended. It hasn't ended yet. It's still ongoing. So so we'll see what happens there. I've heard, you know, that the Braves are checking in on Dallas Keuchel now and are, and are pretty interested there. So we'll see. I've heard tell the Rays are very interested in one Mr. Craig Kimbrell. Really? Uh-huh. That's such a non-Rays type move, but I would it like to is. see it. But also, if he's going to be, like, scooped up by somebody in the AL East, potentially, um, why not take <laughs> Like, why not just get them, <laughs> get, go and get them on your own? Yep. I mean, they certainly have room in the budget. <laughs> so. They certainly do. I mean, he's going to be really expensive, probably, even now for a reliever. But, um, but yeah, the, the Rays payroll is so well under control. Like, does anybody on I'm the so Rays make more than, like, that. $5 million a year? There must be a couple. Uh... Maybe Kermeyer by now? Might. Yeah, there's a couple of ARB guys uh, who probably do, but season Snell Snell just signed a contract extension, but I don't think he'll be making because it, I mean, it covers like the end of arbitration and beyond. It so was a I pretty cheap, know. yeah, it was a pretty cheap deal. It was. It was like a five year fifty or something like that. It seemed very low by my estimation, but I mean, I'm not here to tell Blake Snell how to live his life. <clears throat> yeah, everybody was kind of freaking out about it though. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Kiermaier is making eight million one sixty six this year. So okay, so he's, he's over there. Probably the only. If I'm thinking about like I mean I'm sure I could break this down, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Nobody cares except us with our curiosity. Yeah, maybe uh, Tommy Fan, maybe Avisail, but yeah, in general they're spending I don't no think money. Making that kind of money right now. <laughs> and really, that's not that much money <laughs> for baseball standards. But yeah, yeah, the I Rays are tight. To a pretty, like a pretty competitive, politely um, contract. <laughs> yep. So, as they are wont to do. Well, I would love to see that. That would be fascinating. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Tommy Ham's Tommy probably making more because he did win his ARB case. So, he's probably doing pretty okay. See, you've got me going now, and I don't know why I care so much about any of this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all right. We went down some, some Tigers rabbit holes trying to figure out um, when, they're, when they might finally get a competitive balance pick. Because we're going through the draft, and it's like... You know, Arizona had like eight picks, I think, in the top three rounds um, with all the comp rounds included. And it's just like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> Pam is making 4.1, so he's not making Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like one, one guy on the race staff. Well, Charlie Morton, too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Charlie Morton's like the one free agent signing. And he's been really good, as, as I kind of figured he would be with you guys. So, yeah. And then there's, you know, an entire farm system of dudes waiting to come up and, and help out so yeah what the hell i guess go get craig kimbrell that, that would be pretty fun i'd like to see uh it'd be kind of interesting to see him 
<laughs> playing for the Rays and then come back and take it to the Yankees and the and the Red Sox would be would be fantastic. Be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my that's my conflict though is I, <coughs> I cannot stand Greg Kimbrell. I hate hate his little bird posture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's been around so long too. So hard to watch him pitch. It just makes me angry every time. Like, I am sure that my Kimbrel response is the way a lot of people feel about Fernando Rodney's hat. Oh, yeah. Like, and I understand the hat. I or, know the deal with the hat. Yeah. I think it looks dumb. But, like, I just get angry watching Kimbrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I kind of have a similar thing with Blake Snell, but it, it, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. There's no reason to dislike Blake Snell, but I just kind of don't like him because he shouldn't have won the Cy Young last year. I think it would be your mom in like a game of Fortnite online yeah maybe so yeah he does have a little bit of like a pinched face you know kind of cranky looking little goatee too he really is young looking he's tiny yeah yeah he is just a little babe yeah yeah we baby so yeah i don't know there's not a whole lot a lot else you know really going on um no i mean without getting into the draft which you've already covered yesterday at least a little bit and which the site has certainly dug into yeah in incredible depth yeah um good good on jay markle by the way today who was just like churning out profiles on every one of the first five round picks yep um this is his this is his season you know this is when the glory comes but yeah he was pretty busy um in the in the preceding month so he didn't really get that much going and then yeah all of a sudden was just like just a terminator just cranking these profiles out and talking to everybody and getting interviewed places and stuff so yeah the life of a draft expert, you know, it comes for one week per year. You're a hero. And then, one shining moment, Jay. Yeah, then it all just all yeah. just goes back. Yep. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else like key to talk about, but yeah, I mean, this kind of kind of isn't like Matt Boyd's kind of continued like pitching really well, like hasn't been absolutely dominating everyone, but continues to rack up the strikeouts and and pitch well. Spencer Turnbull is like kind of on a rookie of the year candidate pace the way things are going like he just um he hasn't really broken and had a had a bart a really bad start yet i mean i don't know we're probably 13 14 starts almost into the season and uh he's cruising along and daniel norris has been kind of getting his velocity back and kind of found the change up on the last couple times out the results haven't been that great he's uh had some uh, some some struggles uh, defensively behind him, um, and at times his own uh, defensive struggles. So those he's kind of shot himself in the foot, and they've shot him in the foot a few times. But uh, but his pitching, you know, I think better than most people, uh, at least better than all the people who told me he was done, you know, for the past year and cut this kid and he doesn't care and he's just a hippie who wants to surf and blah 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 blah. Um, you guys were all wrong, by the way. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, that that's all going well, but <laughs> but the bullpen really does need some help because even watching like Buck, who's been pretty good tonight, um, he was really struggling. Joe Jimenez, you know, has basically been reduced to just throwing fastballs uh, because he cannot break off the good slider so far this year, and he's become very predictable and melted down again tonight. Um, that all kind of sucks. Although I don't know, maybe it's all just a plot to make Shane Green look even better. I I don't know. Just picking up these saves. A bloody all-star campaign this year he's looking really good mm-hmm. um which hopefully means he might be worth something in a month 
yeah, he should be worth quite a bit, I would think. But yeah, but they've uh, got to they've got to trade him. They should make, they should be calling people already, in my opinion. Oh my god! If, I, I mean, as much as I like having him around, if they are not moving Shane Green at the trade deadline, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, his value will never be higher than it is right now. Yeah, like what what else do you want? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And as skeptical as we all are of, you know, the Tigers front office, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to get that right. You, you cannot screw that up and like wait too long and have him, you know, fall off or get hurt. Can't ask for too much that you won't get it. You can't ask, you can't just take like, you know, a couple of meager prospects for him. Um, there's no reason to do that because whoever gets him is going to have him next year as well. So I don't know. That's um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Alavila to to do real well um, with that trade, and rightly so, because they really they really need the help. Um, you know, they drafted a prep outfielder, you know, with their first pick, and I don't think anybody has a problem with Riley Green as a pick. Um, but I know there are people who are pretty frustrated that the Tigers took another player who you know might well be four or five years away from really helping out. Um, so. You know, I, you can't think about that in the first couple rounds. I know people are out there like, oh, this doesn't fit into my, you know, giant rubric that I had designed, you know, with like all the positions filled during these years and all that kind of stuff. But all that stuff will just get blown apart by baseball anyway, because, you know, Ryan Carpenter outdueled Blake Snell tonight and Miguel Cabrera hit a grand slam and then Willie Kadamas hit a grand slam. Like, you can't predict baseball, at least not in <laughs> short term. Yeah, baseball is nuts, which is why we love it, probably. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I think, part of the joy of it is it's never predictable. Yeah, yeah. In so many other sports, there's there's a lot more checkers-type aspects, whereas baseball is just so diverse. There's so many, you know, so many different ways to, to build a good team. There's so many different places players come from. There's so many different parts to developing the team. And then there's just all the stuff that goes on actually at the major league level, you know, that most people aren't even looking at. So it's uh, it's a complicated landscape and... Yeah, when you just start watching the results on the field, um, sometimes you just see crazy shit happen, and that's why we yeah. love it. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You want to um, want to plug the YouTube that's coming this week, and then we will yeah, probably man, get I out of here. Fell off um, last week. I was not having the greatest week. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, but rebounded quite nicely. So hooray, hooray. <laughs> um, and. So this week I released a video on Sierra today. Oh. Um, and that is it's such a basic overview of what Sierra is. I mean, like, I literally just touch on the basics. Sierra is so complicated they won't even show you the formula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, it's, I guess you just, it's trying to do what FIP does, but in a much more complicated fashion. It's, yeah. it's a much more long-term evaluation, and it's supposed to be better at it than XFIP, and it's it's a lot yeah so yeah i do a very basic assessment which i think is a pretty good breakdown of just the very brass tacks of it um and i think that my types of pitches one will go up on thursday but it's just such an edit intensive video <laughs> that it's a matter of being able to have like two two and a half hours to sit down and like splice in pitch videos into it oh so, yeah yeah so it's it seems like such a basic thing but it's not at all um, and then once again, as promised, uh, from last week, uh, the name nicknames for home runs will be Saturday's lingo lesson. Oh yeah. Be a bit easier. Um, but back on track, I have a 16 episode recording schedule for this weekend. Awesome. Wow. Uh, which is insane. Yeah. That's um, going deep. So we'll see how that goes, <laughs> but, um, I have them all kind of laid out and I just need to make notes on them. So I think quite a few of them will be pretty quick. 
um, the history ones are going to be where I may not get through all of them. But yeah. hoping to get at least the Diamondbacks and the Orioles done so I can do a couple more of those 10-minute history episodes. Right on. That sounds pretty good. Um, as for me, yeah, I mean... C- cutting the gifts and, and trying to put a whole like video presentation together within an, an article even is, is just a pain. Um, I've been working on a couple for a while now and it's just hard to find like the exact right angle or, you know, all the, the minor league cameras or some of them are just blurry and miserable. So yeah, I've been struggling to find some footage, but um, I am going to start doing a bunch of pitcher analysis. Like I've got an Alex Fiedo piece that I've been working on forever. That's almost done. Um, we'll take a look at like Daniel Norris. Um, I kind of like to look at Jake Rogers and some of his swing mechanics changes. So the way this is all going to work is, you know, I usually write the, the minor league recaps every night. Um, and they're usually available for you like six or seven in the morning, Eastern time. Um, I might start just kind of putting those off and doing them in the morning, um, at work. Cause that's something I can kind of just crank out and that will free up some time to write at night because a lot of times I find myself sitting down at 10 to start compiling that thing. And by the time I'm done, um, it's it's such a tedious, irritating task, but but useful for the fans to put all that info in one place. Um, and so I don't mind doing it, and it keeps me up to date as well. But um, I've got to find a way to kind of push that off because I'm just not getting much of the more serious writing that I would like to do done at, at night, and that's got to be corrected. Um, or someone else can take it over. I don't know. We'll see what goes on there. But anyway, so that's what's going on. Um, the draft has still got a couple more days. Um, you know, we're going to get into the point where it's just all silly season, and you'll see, like, a whole bunch of names drafted by the Tigers that all surprisingly have the same last name as former Tiger players and front office personnel. Like we get into the silly season. Um, they'll be drafting, you know, high school kids that will never sign in a million years just so that they can kind of have the conversation um, and, and get in touch and be looking for those, those kids when they come out again as juniors. So that'll all be going on. And in the meantime, you know, the Rays will try to hold back the mighty onslaught of the Tigers offense, which is now a red hot juggernaut, um, at least today. And we'll see how it goes the next couple of games. And then where do we get? And then we go to Minnesota. So this is a pretty tough stretch. It'd be kind of nice to see the Tigers, um, you know, not do too much damage to the Rays for Ashley's benefit and then <laughs> go and then just go wreck the twin shop would be nice. I would, I would, oh, gosh, wouldn't uh, it be awesome? I would love to see them knock the twins down a few pegs in retaliation. Um, I would like that. Um, I know all of our listeners do not care, they want the, the Tigers to sweep the Rays. I understand you guys, I get it. I wouldn't be mad either. I do also still love the Tigers. Yeah, I kind of want them to sweep the Rays, but I sort of don't care, honestly. Like, this is a bad time of year to ask me what I want to happen because you watch the draft and you see like, oh man, you know, I really would have liked to have gotten Adley Rutschman or Andrew Vaughn. Um, having that those top one or two picks would be great. So if the Tigers end up just, you know, just losing a lot of games but playing fun baseball when there are a couple real starters are out there, I, I'll be fine with it. Like, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to root for as far as like wins and losses anymore. <laughs> we'll see. I'm Giant a broken meteor. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Giant meteor to destroy everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take out the dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm talking right about you guys. Tigers coaching staff in front office. Front office. Well, got, got him. Zinger. And on that note, um, yep, follow Ashley at 90 Feet From Home on Twitter. Um, keep an eye out for all those YouTube vid- videos on her channel because they've been pretty amazing. I actually have probably only seen about half of them because you're cranking out too many. Um, Sorry. Yep, and follow me at Fiscadoro74. Um, follow, yeah, our buddy Jay Markle um, for some more draft coverage tomorrow, as well as on the Bless You Boys um, Twitter account, as always, which is usually Rob snarking at people and um, making us all laugh. So, yeah, follow all those things, check out the coverage, and we will talk to you again next week. Ashley, have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye.
All right. Let's hope that recorded.